The following is a production of Different Brains. Visit us at differentbrains.org. Hi, I'm Dr. Hacky Reitman. Welcome to another episode of Exploring Different Brains. Today, we're happy to have as our guest, Carol Weinman. Carol is a former prosecutor, and she's been a criminal defense attorney and a family lawyer for over 25 years. She focuses her law practice on special education and specializes in advocating for the interests of those with autism. Ms. Weinman is recognized as an autism expert and legal consultant, author, mediator, trainer, and nationwide speaker on autism. She is passionately committed to educating others worldwide about understanding the autistic brain and behavior and how autism plays a role in the commission of criminal offenses and inappropriate behavior. Carol, welcome to Different Brains. Good afternoon, glad to be here. Thanks for being here. Uh, you know, in uh, uh, reading about you, you certainly are a champion of the underdog, and I want to salute you. And I'm, I'm so glad that my friend, uh, Philadelphia attorney uh, Don Yablon, went to one of your uh, instructional courses and said, Hacky, you got to talk to her. She's terrific. Um, let's start off by introducing yourself to our audience and telling them in your words exactly what you do. Well, as I, as you said, I've been a criminal attorney uh, for over 25 years, and uh, I, 22 years ago, I gave birth to a son, one of twins, who uh, ended up having uh, autism spectrum disorder, and that's what led me into this journey that I began then uh, in the world of autism. And what happened was that the combination of my criminal law background and autism intersected because unfortunately, a lot of individuals on the autism spectrum are finding themselves with encounters with the criminal justice system. So while I also, I also advocate for those with special uh, needs in the special education realm, uh, what has become my specialty niche, and I believe I'm the only one in the country that has the dual expertise in the autism and the criminal law, so I've become an expert, an autism expert, and autism legal consultant, autism legal consultant, in the realm of criminal law, uh, educating those, uh, the prosecutors, defense attorneys, judges, police officers. I do trainings, I do international speaking on that topic and other topics related to autism. And I serve as an expert witness in the courtroom uh, to assist a person, a, a criminal attorney without the expertise in autism who may be representing an individual on the autism spectrum. Well, you know, it's uh, very interesting. The uh, We interviewed, uh, William Packard, who uh, wrote the book on uh, neurodiversity within the prison uh, and justice system. And uh, this is now coming into uh, the fore uh, more and more, as you know. Um, it amazes me that there's not more knowledge on the part of doctors, on the part of lawyers, policemen, and society in general, that all of our brains are different. Um, when I was out in San Francisco with the Ascend people out there, Michael Burnick and his crew, and I met with the uh, San Francisco police who had combined with the Ascend Autism Organization to combine together to make a video, which was great. 
And uh, here you had an autistic individual looking into the camera and saying, hey, look, I'm not trying to be rude, but I just can't look into your eyes and I'm not trying to be a wise guy. Give us some of the examples you run into of, for lack of a better term, I'll call it uh, wrongful um, assumptions on the part of the police officers, not because they're bad people, because they haven't had the training, they don't know. Give us some of that. Well, I'm really glad you asked that, Hacky, because that's a lot of what I speak about. Uh, the, I, I often speak to the issue that the demystifying the behavior and the behaviors that call attention to these individuals by the police officers. So oftentimes, because their brains work differently, uh, they often will do things inadvertently and unknowingly that call attention to them and call attention to them from a police officer. So some examples may be of cases that I've handled a lot of, I've represented a lot of individuals on these cases as well as the attorney. And a lot of the things I've come across are, for example, you may have an individual walking down the street and then he or she, and uh, the bulk of them are males at this point, but he or she may have a, a, an odd gait walking funny uh, and something about the way they walk or the way they're acting calls attention to a police officer who happens to see this and he's looking in t from their perspective rather suspicious um, they think there's something going on here uh, that might be one example another example is that many of them uh, they're very very curious uh, and their curiosity will often lead them into places that they shouldn't be for example they may be peeking into a window that they should be looking into, and a police officer thinks they're, you know, sort of like what we used to refer to as a peeping Tom. Uh, they may be staring at someone oddly to a point that it, the person feels uncomfortable. Uh, they tend to be, um, find themselves in situations where they are accused of alleged harassment, stalking, uh, which I've actually written on, uh, because it looks like they're stalking an individual because they may be following them. They may be sitting and staring at them for a long time and it makes people very uncomfortable. Uh, but in terms of them actually calling attention to the police firsthand, it would be those kinds of behaviors. Um, stimming. There was a big um, case in the news where there was an individual with what we call stimming, which means repetitive behavior that's not within their control. And he was holding something and he kept twirling it. And the officer became very suspicious and approached him and thought he was doing something with drugs or illegal. He didn't know what he was doing. Um, these are some of the examples of uh, how they are targeted um, unknowingly by police officers for things that they don't even are not even aware that they are doing. The other area that unfortunately we find ourselves in with this population are a lot of sex offenses, child, child pornography, um, sexual assault, uh, and that's a whole nother area to speak on because it has to do with the whole issue of theory of mind, which is that they cannot empathize nor step into someone else's shoes. So in the issues of sexual assault, uh, they there's this whole issue of consent, around consent, and the fact that if they think they want to do it, they assume the other person's thinking the same thing. So it gets, it, it, it goes out into a lot of different areas and can get rather complicated. Uh, what I have found my greatest challenge has been to be able to um, illuminate people and educate anybody out there, whether it be parents, whether it be psychologists, 
whether it be doctors, whether it be people in the law profession, of how their brains are so different. And primarily hacking, what, what I come up against a lot is to get them to understand that this is not a mental illness. You see, there's provisions in the law for mental illness, but there aren't provisions yet. We haven't caught up with autism. It's a developmental neurological disorder, and that's very different than a mental illness, especially at the way that the law looks at it. So let's say I'm a parent, and I have a child who gets arrested, and uh, based on my limited knowledge, there are not Carol Wymans on every corner. You're, how many people are there that do what you do? I have to humbly tell you, Hacky, I'm it. Okay, so you're it. So nobody now... else that does, there is nobody else at this time that has the expertise and knowledge and does what I do. For our viewers here at Different Brains who might have one of their family who is on the spectrum who's uh, being arrested or going through the system, um, what is your best advice to them? Is your best advice to say, have your attorney contact Carol or someone like her who knows the ins and outs of this, because you, otherwise you're going to have to reinvent the wheel. Yeah, I, my best advice is that as soon as your child is arrested, or at the very beginning of the process, you get a, a criminal attorney of your choice where you live, and you have you then consider bringing me on board as the autism legal consultant to handle the issue of autism. And what is so important to understand about that, Hacky, uh, is that the entire case is about the autism. You see, when a criminal attorney approaches a case, they look at the person from the standpoint of a, of a criminal defendant. That's one perspective. But when you get someone with autism that is arrested as a criminal defendant, in my opinion, the entire case rests on the autism. So that's why you have to bring someone like me on board. Now, I am doing, you know, I'm getting more and more involved in training the trainer, you know, trying to get so that I can get other people out there possibly to understand. But unfortunately, to understand it, but unfortunately, it has taken me literally about 20 years to gain this knowledge and expertise from raising a child and from reading endlessly. It's very difficult to just have somebody else gain that level of expertise in a training session or whatever. It's a very complicated disorder. Uh, and it has a lot of subtleties to There are a lot of subtleties to autism. So it is very difficult. And I find it actually a little dangerous when someone has a little knowledge and, and tries to go out there and advocate for someone with autism because it they don't know what they don't know. Uh, and there are subtleties that come up. So that would my best advice would be to get would be to call call or contact me if I can't do it maybe I can you know suggest something um, but I I'm heartbroken when I get a lot of people that call me at the end of the case after after the verdict is and and they get a really bad verdict that's that's it's too hard to undo it it's, it's got to be done from the beginning uh, and um, and it has been heartbreaking to me because if you get a criminal attorney that represents someone with autism, they will often be the first one to tell you that they are out of their comfort zone. They have no idea what they're dealing with. And that case is just going to go in one direction. They're going to represent it like they represent a, a defendant. Quite honestly, it's getting to a point where I even believe that that's not effective counsel. 
I think you've got to have somebody that understands autism uh, when you get a, a client. You know, one of the uh, one of the shows we have on differentbrains.org is Spectrumly Speaking with Becca Laurie and Dr. Kate Cody. And Becca Laurie is a adult uh, female autistic individual is very successful and she's on our board also and uh, it seems that uh, women get the short end of the stick so to speak when it comes to diagnosis many of them are not diagnosed till into their 30s and so forth and um, i'm imagining that in the criminal justice system um, the preponderance are male but tell us about a female going through the criminal justice system. Well, uh, I have had um, contact with, uh, you're right, it's, very, it's much fewer. Uh, it's primarily male, almost all of my clients. I will tell you about a female I got that was really tragic. Uh, she ended up, um, the best way to explain it is she ended up shooting somebody to protect a child in her mind. Uh, and um, in, in terms of your question of what it's like for them to go through the system, maybe the best way for me to answer that is that it, autism spectrum disorder looks very different in females. Uh, and we're still, um, I think, not totally in our infancy, but very much in the inception period of understanding how it manifests in females and how many females are out there on the autism spectrum because they have gotten missed even more than males because of how it manifests itself. It's much more, males tend just by the facts that they're men to be more physical. So it will come up in physical you know, offenses of striking out at someone physically. That's not what we see in females. Uh, and in females, it's much more subtle. So it's, it's often gotten missed because they might just seem odd, but nothing is really calling, putting them on the radar. Uh, so we aren't seeing as many females hacky. That's, that's one of the few that I have actually come into contact with so far. What I am seeing are a lot more females that are, are realizing that they have the disorder as an adult. But in terms of coming into contact with the criminal justice system, I'm not seeing a lot of that yet. Well, fortunately, that can change. If, our, if I'm a Different Brains viewer here and I see you or I listen to you on the podcast version of this or I read the transcript version of this, uh, how do I get a hold of you? The best way to get me right now would be uh, through my website, um, an email. My, my website is uh, WeinmanLawOffice.com. That's my last name, LawOffice.com. And you can reach me at C, S as in Sam, which is my middle initial, Weinman, at WeinmanLawOffice.com. You can either reach me via email or there's also a contact form on my website. Well, Carol, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for being here at Exploring Different Brains. I hope we can see you again in the future as well. Thank you. I would love that. And I uh, am very inspired by the work that you're doing. And I feel very honored to be uh, part of your programming. Exploring Different Brains is a production of Different Brains, Inc. For more information, visit us at differentbrains.org.